0: back a recording of all you have said, would you jump at that offer? Have you ever realized that every deed, every word lives on, sounds echo on and forever in the space? When we stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, our life will be paraded before us. Man records by means of film, tape recording, and so on, things which he wants to remember. God has been recording everything which he wants to remember. But we know that God doesn't have a memory like we do. When the old song that I protest for a while, I just uh, stopped doing that and people say, well, it's just a song. It's entitled No Tears, No Tears in Heaven. Very unscriptural song. There will be tears in heaven, and God will wipe away those tears. When I see my life come before me, detail on detail, I haven't lived a perfect life. I'll see it as God sees it. God has been recording everything from ages past. Our text verse is found in Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65 and verse six God said in Isaiah sixty five and verse six Behold it is written before me I will not keep silent but will recompense every recompense into their bosom. Our secret sins are set in the light of his countenance. They're secret only in your mind. But every time that you openly sin, God got a record of it. And we're going to see our life flashed before the Lord Jesus Christ, the Almighty God. And we see in the book of Psalms, 90 and verse 8. 90 and verse 8. He said, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, we spend our years in tell that is told. But in his eighth verse, God says very clearly to us, in Psalms 90 and verse 8, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. It's not secret from God. When somebody you think did you wrong and you stay quiet, but that mind is it's really giving them what you really think. You'll see that. Your life will flash before the Lord Jesus Christ. So We need to be careful about what we say and what we do. That one day men will have to give an account of every idle word that they speak. We live in a day of uh, joking, you know. We joke about anything and everything. and, And sometimes people choose that way to insult you, to insult God's house, to insult God's man. But God said in Matthew chapter 12, Got a few scriptures this morning. Once you to see it in the Word, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36, God said this: "But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment." Every aisle of word. When we speak of something or somebody, and it's not complimentary, or it's not praising God for what God has done for them, but in our way we want to get across what we really feel, that aisle of word will come before us. Of course, we don't really believe that because almost everybody does it. I'm just kidding. They know I don't really feel that way. But God said that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. But I know people who don't believe in the judgment seat, but He said, We're saved. Christ has already paid our uh, penalty. Yes, He paid your penalty man suffered as no man has ever suffered, that I would not have to die and go to hell. But we need to realize that God's got a book, whatever he has to use, but he makes it very clear that we're going to give an account, that he's going to bring it before us. And God Makes it clear here in Matthew chapter twelve, and verse thirty-six, when he said, "But I say unto you, who is it you, The save people? I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Well." I'm glad I don't have to go through the great white throne judgment. But it's not going to be a life and matter when we stand before God and our lives falls before us. And we'll see of all excuses that we've made over the years why we didn't do what God wants us to do. And now if you believe that, and you should, because I just read the scripture. And you still think that there's going to be no difference in heaven? That the bride and everybody else is the same? How do you figure that? What is the judgment for? God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world. We don't know that day. We don't know the day that the Lord is going to come back. Now, as I said in Sunday school, you know, I, uh, we can get uh, theology out. And if we believe in the second coming and we know that what God's word said, these things have got to take place and they have not taken place yet. But yet we believe that the Lord could come today. Facts and beliefs don't mess up sometimes. But I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about, if I'm worried about anything, it would be if I died today, have I made right everything that I made wrong? Have I apologized to the ones that I had opportunity to apologize to? Have I taken the gospel to those that God made available? But yet I walked away because so-and-so, he doesn't like me, and I don't want to have a family feud. Would you have a family feud to get one of your loved ones saved? I say, bring it on. Nothing is important as being saved. The only thing coming second is to live that life so that you would be with Christ as close as you possibly could be. God tells us. God tells us. You know, in the book of Romans, you know, trouble... Books, over the trouble books, trouble pages, whatever thick your Bible is. But it says in Romans chapter two and verse sixteen In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. See, we have no secrets from God. The man or woman that's unfaithful to their spouse. The spouse may not know it, but God does. I can't do any more than I'm doing, Lord. God knows. And one day, the whole universe, the saved universe will know. God requires that—that was his past. You know, it's past. It's past, preacher. Let's let it go. Amen. But after God saved you and you found out through the word that you were wrong, are you willing to go back and apologize to that person? He said, "No way." How many rewards have me or you lost because we put the flesh before the Spirit? There's a book of life. Thank God there is. We see in Revelation 20 that the judgment is for whose names are not found in the book of life, and in Revelation 21, verse 27, that those names are written there, will enter heaven, the eternal house of God, because to them, God has given eternal life. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. There's not a child of God in this building that deserves to be saved. But God saved you and suffered what you would suffer in hell for eternity. Now, if you can keep that in your mind, is God asking too much? Whatever he asks. Bible tells us that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. It's not in baptism. It's not in church membership. It's not in giving up this and giving up that and start doing this and start doing that. I try to pray every day. I try to read my Bible every day. I try to meditate every day. But that's not going to give me the glory. Right. That won't save you. Right. But if you're married to the person that you love when you married them, whether it's five years, ten years, forty years, fifty years, sixty years, if nothing changed, you love that person more now than you did when you married them. What about Jesus? Jesus saved this unworthy sinner 55 years ago on US 25. Only thing I knew was what the preacher had told me until the Spirit of God came in and made me a, a home. But as I learned, nobody had to make me go to church. Nobody had to make me read the Bible. Nobody had to make me visit. It is the love for Jesus Christ that drives a saved person to serve him. But yet, in today's society, the church is no longer number one. It's no longer number two. I'm not sure where the church is in the priority list of any family. We wouldn't miss work for nothing. But we'll miss church. And it was God that gave you the job. These men that did the work yesterday, I deeply appreciate it. I want the church to know I deeply appreciate it. But it was God that gave them that talent. And when God gives you a talent and you're saved and you're a member of his church, that talent belongs in the church first. That record is going to be set. That record is being set. The Bible tells us Notice when me in 1st John. 1st John chapter 5. 1st John chapter 5 beginning with verse 11. John said, And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that he may know that he have eternal life, and that he may believe on the name of the Son of God. You know what that has told me? What has told you? If you follow along, I can know that I'm saved. People say, "How do you know? You just hope so. You hope that your works have done your bad deeds." My works and my bad deeds had nothing to do with me being saved. They're going to determine my rewards. They're going to determine what I do in glory. God He that hath the Son hath life. And he said in verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that he hath eternal life. I told a lady that just a couple weeks ago. God said you can know If you can't know that you're saved, you're probably not saved. If you can't take your wife and look her straight in the eyes and say, I love you, then you probably don't love her. Church has become, that's what good people do. Church wasn't made for good people. Christ didn't come to die for good people. He came to die for sinners. God said, Jesus, who is the life, came that you might have abundant, not just to live, but to live abundantly. Go back to the Gospel of John, John the 14th chapter, I believe, John 14, verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. That means that uh, the church of Christ blessed their hearts. They believe you got to be baptized. You know, I've got some people that... Uh, I'll not name their names to protect the innocent, but he said, I want to show you where you're wrong, that the water saves you. And they took me to Nora and the ark. I said, would you explain that to me, preacher? He said, well, it's common sense. I said, I must be stupid then, because there's no salvation in the water. Why did Noah work 120 years to build an ark? Because God knew what's going to happen. Why did just a certain amount of people went in, God's got his elect. Oh, we don't believe in election. It's not the only thing you don't believe in. There are no surprises to God. then and turn back a couple of three pages to John chapter 10 John chapter 10 we see here in John 10:10 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy but notice he said i am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly You ever talk to somebody dying of cancer? Talked to a lady one day. She said, uh, they told me my cancer would kill me. And I told the doctor it will be the vehicle that God uses to take me out of here. But God's the one that took my life. came on this earth right on time, I'm going to leave right on time. I'm telling you that if Dora hadn't had cancer for all of those years, suffered all the time she had had suffered, she would have died that same time, the same second, everything. And I hate cancer. Humanly speaking, it took the love of my life. Humanly speaking, it took my bank account down. But God took her home. Right on time. Why wouldn't you want to be on good terms, you know? We spend more time deciding which funeral home we want than we do deciding whether we ought to be saved or not. He said, He that heareth my word and believe on him that sent me have everlasting life. Wasn't that what he said in John 5 24? Let's turn over here a minute. Yep, don't want to get this one wrong. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, how can you hear the words that ain't being preached? You know, I know I mentioned her a lot. is her, it's the family up in Pennsylvania. She's probably the most faithful Facebook outside our church that I've got. But when it's really a blessing, she'll write me and tell me. I learned more the last year listening to you than I did the church I attended all my life. And she said, you know, my grandfather used to talk about shotgun preachers. That's, he said, that's why I left you. I hope you're not offending it. No, I'm not offending I'll just put it out there and put that 12 gauge up and let it go. What the Spirit uses, he uses. What he does, and he doesn't. My job is not to convict people. My job is to preach the word. And your job is to receive the word and live the word so others can see a difference in you. Your sin deserves eternal death. That is eternal separation from God. But the judgment due to your sin fell on Jesus Christ. And that's what Isaiah 53 6 teaches us. He paid the penalty for my unbelief, for my sin. What a blessing to know Jesus Christ as your own Lord and Savior. When he died upon that cross of Calvary, he blotted out the handwriting which was against me and you, nailing it to the cross according to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 14. We look at those scriptures and we see exactly what he accomplished. Why did he go to the cross? Why did he have to suffer? Why? Why? The answer is in KJV, the King James Version. God says that if we will confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. But, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's refreshing for a preacher, it really is, to find somebody that will admit, I'm just a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I hate to admit to you, preacher, but I still sin, and I hate it every time. Every time that I know to do right and don't do it, it bothers me. Disobeying God will put you in the hospital much quicker than this little virus that has changed the world. God will only let you go so far. He'll do one or two things. He'll get your attention like you have never had it done before. Or he said, I know him and they're just going to keep on doing this. I'm just going to take them home. And then we read in the paper, Johnny Lee died. Uh, no known illness. No known problems at all. Yeah. He had some problems. He made a profession of faith and then he walked away from God. And God will take you home every time, or He'll make your life so miserable you wish you were. He said, You're scaring me. Never use a scare tactic in my life. I only use scripture. The scripture is all you need. God said that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. See, it's some responsibility on our part, is what he's telling us. First John chapter one and verse nine. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, notice if, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it's just hard for, for us, us Baptists to, to admit to ourselves in our own closets I fell short today. Here it is, 11 o'clock. I'm getting ready to go to bed, and I haven't read my Bible. I haven't prayed. I haven't thanked God for the meal that he provided for me. I haven't thanked God for a neighbor that watches after me. God uses lost people. I've got a neighbor, good lady, Lost, as far as I know. Don't go to church, but I was mowing. I thought the yard was dry, the grass was dry, but it was wet, and my mower slid over, and I was spinning and spinning, and, and here she came. She's trying to help you. I said, well, I'll wait till it dries up, then I'll be able to pull it out. She said, all right, and she's waiting. She just picked up the front end of the mower moved it. I said, if you need any help, Mr. Vance called me. I mean, you know, she a to call a little old woman, you know, about four foot seven, you know, and don't look like she could pick up a loaf of bread and she just picks up the tractor. See, God even used his lost people to help his sheep. As we close, God tells us in the same book, same chapter of John, first John chapter one and verse seven, we back up a couple of verses, and he says, But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Who takes care of that little white lie? God, you think about that little white lie that didn't, didn't help nobody. You just wanted to get into the conversation so you make up something. God said, I'll pay for it. And as we close, in the light of these promises and remembering the recording that you have made won't you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior? You know, you've, if you hear loss, I'm sure you've thought about it. Sometimes I need to be saved. I should die. You know. So, you know, I've talked to him here and sit there, I've talked to him over the Carlisle. I remember this one girl. She was. I mean, she was as pretty as any little red-headed girl you'd see. I mean, she was as sweet as she could be. And she said, if I ever want to get saved, I'll, I'll drive to sit down at, to your church. Yeah, oh, man, I ride back. No, I didn't. Because she was putting me before God. You know what happened? Five days later, she went to hell. And she was honest, because she said, I'm lost. If I die today, I'd go to hell. Well, she didn't die today, but five days later she did. And I preached the funeral to a lost family. We don't have to let that happen. We can be saved today. You can be saved today if you're saved and you know you're not living the way you should be living, you're not following what you say you believe, your are influencing from your family wouldn't save your pup, much less your ch- children. Don't you think it's time to put God first? He won't beg you. I plead with people. Please. Accept Christ before it's too late. Today is the day of salvation. Sound the piano's trump. If God has spoke to you, you come.